Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. Come on. We have great pastors here, and I'm speaking of our pastoral team. Uh, Great pastors here at Canvas Church. Um, Spending time with them, know this, they love you, they pray for you, um, they're here for you. Uh, I love when I get to get together, which we do uh, twice a month, we get together as pastors intentionally and just uh, just talk about the church and what's going on in the church and um, people and uh, life. And man, just hearing their heart uh, for each and every one of you is absolutely incredible. Not just for you that are here today, uh, but for our community. Um, just a heart for Escondido and North County. And it's just exciting. I believe that God's got great things in store for our church. Do you believe that? A couple of you do. And, uh, you know, uh, my daughter was kind of telling the joke, you know, that pastors, you know, they only work one day a week, which th- that's, only, that's actually false. We only work a half a day a week, just Sunday from 8 to noon, and that's it. And then, so, um, we just need to fix that joke. But so glad you're here today. Anybody excited to be in church? Awesome. Well, uh, I'm excited to be with you. Uh, well, who was here last week? You're here last week, um, and you notice my voice has changed. I finally went through puberty. It's awesome, and I'm feeling much better. Thank you for your prayers. But we're in a series entitled "The Church." Uh, this is us, all about the church. This is us. I don't know if you can pull up the slide that has our core values on it. I don't know if that one, if we have that one. <laughs> there it is. You can look at it here or there. Um, but as we've been going through this series, uh, we're talking about the church. Who is the church? What is the church? And obviously, uh, in like the six to eight weeks we've been doing it, we don't get the full comprehensive picture, but we're given some big kind of snapshot things. Uh, but in that, we've discovered um, some of our core values, or maybe you have for the very first time. These, and so these have either come out or been talked about specifically, but relational. Um, uh, we're a relational church. We love to hang out with people. But more than that, it's not just about hanging out. We we love to pour into people, uh, not just on Sunday mornings, but in our small group context. We believe this. We believe that the majority of all life transformation happens in a smaller group of like-minded people. And so we talk about our small groups a lot. And uh, we have small group pastors. And we believe that, man, in that group, you're going to find uh, not just life with one another, but further your life with Christ. Uh, generous. Um, we're a generous church. Uh, we love giving to our community. That's why we're doing the trunk or treat. Uh, you can ask my wife. I never wanted to do a trunk or treat. It was never on the radar. It's not like we sat down and said, hey, this, we got, this is a must. We're going to celebrate Christmas, and we're going to celebrate Halloween. That was never on the list, all right? Um, and, but really it came about because people in the community came to us and said, hey, would you be willing to do You got the, This is what they said. They didn't even talk about our church. They are like, you have the perfect parking lot for a trunk or treat. And so, uh, so we said, hey, uh, you, the community, and these, these were people that were not Christians. These were unsaved people. These are people that still need Jesus. And they were coming up and saying, yeah, of course. We, we've had it on the books for a long time, you know. Like, we're going to do this. Uh, generous. But uh, coming up in November, we have our Heart for the House Sunday coming up. And um, that's where uh, one time each year, man, we, we talk about giving. And obviously on Sunday morning, we give you opportunities to give. But we don't talk about it a whole lot. But one time a year, and it's, I think it's the third Sunday in November, it's on our website, um, that we have... Um, heart for the house. This is where we come together and we bring our best and biggest gift uh, and we give it uh, to help further the mission and vision of Canvas Church. 
And last year uh, was the biggest giving we'd ever seen. And because of that giving, we were able to bless so many missionaries. We were able to do a lot of missions work. Uh, we were able to do stuff to our building to uh, bring in the community. Um, if you haven't been out there, our gymnasium continues to take uh, on a transformation, that building. And that is ministering to hundreds of kids weekly um, as they come in and utilize that space. And so I want you to mark your calendars for that and come on out in November on our Heart for the House weekend uh, and be ready to give generously. It's something we are. Uh, passionate. Um, we're a passionate church. Uh, man, we, we believe that, man, everything we have is God's, and we just give it back to him, and we do everything we can uh, with passion un, unto him. And uh, speaking of this idea of, of, of passion, I'll, I'll throw restoration into it. God spoke to me uh, a couple of weeks ago in our prayer time, my prayer time, um, that as we conclude this series, I want you to encourage the church to come out on the last Sunday of this series. Next Sunday is the last Sunday of this series. And, uh, and he just began to show me through scriptures when, when people were intentional about what they were doing and they came together and focused on him, that he showed up in a radical and powerful way. And I don't want you to miss next Sunday. God has put an incredible message on my heart for that weekend. And so I want you to, you know, bring your family out. Come on out. Get, get, get your friends out. But make sure you're here. Make sure you're in the room. If you're watching online right now, if you don't know, we have a live feed going on right now. And so we have people watching live right now. If you're live, come out next Sunday. Be here in the room. See what God does as we're all, all together. And then my wife's already mentioned fun. Man, we, we love having fun here at Canvas Church. Anybody like to have fun? That is not very many of you. You should try it sometime. One thing I've discovered is this, is having fun is fun. It's, it's awesome. So we've been talking about the church, the ecclesia, and we've been breaking down this idea of the ecclesia, the called out, called together group of people. And uh, that term uh, is used in scripture, speaking of the people that were called out of a life of sin into a life of grace, uh, the church coming together and uh, for a specific purpose. If you want notes, we got ushers coming right now uh, with, uh, with some notes. We got some paper ones for you, you can do it on our app. Uh, but for a specific reason, a specific purpose that, that, look, we're not just called out to come together on a Sunday morning and worship a little bit and hear the tall guy yell at you, come on somebody. Uh, but that well, there's actually a purpose in being the church, that we have a mission, and that, that we're on mission, and, and, and that we're letting the light of Christ shine not just in us, exposing areas in our life, but, but shining through us, helping bring that light to others. And there's this, there's this mission. So we're called out, called together uh, for a very specific purpose and reason. And then um, in talking about this whole idea of the church, we realize that you can't be the church by yourself. And I know you are the church, but together, when we come together, we are the church, the called out, called together group. And so through this, we've been talking about some different ideas about a powerful church. Uh, last week, we talked about a worshiping church, a church that worships. And we've been looking at these different ideas. Today, I, I want to simply talk to you about a beautiful church, a beautiful church, that the church that Jesus Christ is coming back for, the Bible tells us, is one that's without spot, it's one that's without blemish, it's a beautiful, beautiful bride that he's coming for. And so I wanna to talk to you a little bit about that today. Turn in your Bibles and go with me to Romans chapter 12. Hey, you got my water right there. Go to Romans chapter, Romans chapter 12. And I'm gonna read the whole entire chapter to you. And, uh, and then we're gonna look at it together and, and get into it and have some fun because it's one of our core values, amen. Um, I know some of you are looking at your clock right now and you're like, how is he gonna do that? in such a short amount of time. Well, one of the things here is we're not restricted to time. I'm on somebody. I know the Padres are playing at 1130, but the more you stay in church and pray for them, 
the better they will do. And after uh, last night's game, Lord knows they need Jesus right now. <laughs> they do. Um, Romans chapter 12. I'm going to read to you from uh, the New Living Translation. Whatever translation you have is just fine, but we also are going to have it on the screens here. Romans chapter 12, Paul is writing to the believers in Rome, instructing them. And uh, we get to chapter 12, and it says, and so. And then your translation might, might say, therefore. In other words, it, it encapsulates everything that was talked before. Because of these things, and so. Dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all that he has done for you. Let them, let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he will find acceptable. This is truly the way we worship him. How many of you guys love our worship here at Canvas Church, man, what we experienced, man, and it's so awesome. And we talked about that last week. We talked about how uh, there is in Scripture this whole idea of singing songs and bringing praise and worship to him. And so we do that here every week, and we do that when we gather and we worship. And, and last week I made reference just real briefly that that is what we were talking about last week. There's this expression of God and, and putting him in his rightful place in our lives and adoring him. Uh, but, but worship goes beyond just singing. Worship goes beyond, you know, those hymns, those songs, those things we're doing. Here, Paul is saying, hey, worship is the way you live your life. What you do with the time he's given you is, is worship. And we need to live our lives in such a way that glorifies, that glorifies him. And it goes on to verse 2. It says, don't copy the behavior or customs of the world. The, the translation I learned it in uh, growing up was, it said this, don't be conformed to this world. Here in the New Living Translation, it says this, says, don't copy the behavior and customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. How do you guys know that God's will for your life is good, it's pleasing, and it's perfect? But the only way we can get there is as he transforms us from the inside out, as he transforms our mind. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Okay, so now Paul's like, hey, listen up. I'm going to warn you of some things. Here's a big one. Don't think you are better than you really are. Now, why would that need to be in Scripture? Why was he, why was he writing this to these believers in Rome? Well, one thing I've learned about Scripture is the reason God said what he said is because people needed to hear it, right? And it's now written down for us to read. And so here's the warning he gives. He says, hey, don't think of yourself better than you really are. Now, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but how many of you guys struggle with that? Now, I know some people struggle with the opposite, maybe not having the right view of yourself. Uh, but I learned a long time ago that I'm the most humble person I know. Some of you catch that later. It's going to set in in a few minutes. You're going to be like, oh, I, I get it now. Right? But here's the one. Don't think of yourself better than you are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves. Measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part 
has special functions, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is encouraging others, be encouraging. If your gift is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, then take responsibility seriously. And if you have the gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. That's a message for the church right there. Don't just pretend to love your community. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy. Never be lazy. But work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Come on. Serve him how? <clears throat> enthusiastically. I remember it was probably in our first three years of starting the church. I had someone come and visit for the first time. And, and uh, the church was much smaller then. And, and uh, I remember talking to him. I said, well, what did you think of the service? Like, I don't really like it. And I'm like, why? Because you're too happy. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, there's, there's no way that can be real. You're too happy. And I'm like, whoa. Get behind me, Satan. <laughs> I mean, serve him how? Enthusiastically, right? Like, if we're going to do it, might as well have fun doing it. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble. Be patient in trouble. Be patient in trouble. And keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Some of you need to hear that one. Some of you do not like opening up your home. Some of you, like, like when you're done with service, you're like, get me out of here so I don't have to talk with anybody. I'm not going to point any fingers. I'll let the Holy Spirit do that. Some people are pointing fingers at their spouses right now. I know you think I can't see you because these lights up here are really bright, but I can see you still. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Now, if we go back a little bit, it, it kind of broke up some gifts, right? Like, hey, if, you, if, you, if, you, you know, if your gift is generosity, give generously. This is not that anymore. This is speaking to the, the, the larger audience. This is talking to every believer. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Pause there for a moment. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Oh my gosh. I might, I might personally need to go back and read that one. Because I think I put a period after don't curse them. Right? Bless those who persecute. Oh, whatever. Don't curse them. Oh. What? Pray that God will bless them? No. I draw the line there. If God's going to be blessing anybody, it better be me. Somebody with me this morning. What? What is going on? Be happy with those who are happy. Come on. 
and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. That's unity, a oneness. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. That goes back to that other verse we talked about. Don't think of yourself more highly than you should. And what does it mean here by ordinary people? It's not talking about, well, they're lesser. You know, it's, talking about, it's talking about literally like, hey, those that don't follow Christ yet, you can still hang out. Just don't be conformed to the world. Right? Don't look down upon people. And don't think you know it all. Why did you do that? Wow. The Lord must really be speaking to you this morning, babe. And don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. I'm going to stop there. We're going to pray. And then we're going to preach. And we're going to have fun. God, thank you so much for today. God, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you for the power of your word, just reading through it. God, the conviction that comes. God, the hope that comes. God, the healing that comes. God, the direction that comes. God, we thank you for your word today. And God, I pray that Romans 12 would come to life to us today in the next few moments that we have together. And that, God, it would be life transforming. That, Lord, we would hear these words. We would apply them to our life and we would never be the same. God, I pray you would help me now in the next few moments that we have to, God, create an environment for people to discover your son, Jesus. Know your incredible love and realize the awesome plan you have for their life. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, If you've been coming for some time now, um, you know that one of my passions is basketball. If you didn't know that, now you do. Uh, I, I enjoy all the sports, but I'm a little bit like my wife. Like, we, we went and checked out a Padres game, but it's not like I'm a diehard baseball fan. Um, but if I am a fan, I'm a Padres fan. Come on, somebody, right? But I'm a huge basketball fan. I love basketball. I love going to the games. I love playing the game. Uh, I love coaching the game. And so um, I've been coaching for the last several years. And then just recently I got hired by a a high school here locally uh, to be their head coach, um, which I'm super excited about. And here's a couple reasons why I'm excited about it. First and foremost, I think it's a great way for me as a pastor to be in the community. Um, But you need to pray for me, okay? Uh, because I'm the head coach and I'm passionate, and sometimes my passion can be misconstrued for anger when they're not doing what they're supposed to do on the court, okay? I'm just, I'm just saying how it is, and so if you come check out one of the games, just pray for your pastor and don't be looking at me like, that's my pastor. Um, you know, these kids need to be yelled at every now and then, all right? And it's all in love. Um, and so it's a great opportunity for me to be in the community and be around a lot of people that don't know Jesus. Uh, a matter of fact, uh, the athletic director that hired me hired me and said, hey, I know you love basketball and I know it's a part of you know, what you'd love to do, but here's what I want. I want to hire you to help, uh, help me bring Jesus to this school. And I'm like, Jesus in basketball, yes, done. And so I'm excited about this year. And, uh, but there's one thing I've noticed in coaching is that when you're working with young players or new players, 
um, that sometimes you can become robotic in your motions. In other words, what I mean by that is this is, uh, we'll work in practice, and practice is essential, and I'll teach them a play. Uh, but the whole point of the play is not to run the play. The whole point of the play is to put the basketball through the basket, right? And that, that's our focus. Like, we want this round thing to go through that round thing, okay? It's pretty simple. Like, just do that. Um, and so all the plays we have designed on offense are just to get open so that we can do that. And, but I'll have them run the play, and then, you know, game time will show up, and they'll be so robotic running the play like they could have a wide open layup, but they're like, no, I'm supposed to pass here now. Right? And they're just going through the motions of the play. And I'm, I, I have to call a timeout. I'm like, guys, what's the point of the game? They're like, to win? Yes. How do you win? By running the play. No. No, we don't win by running the play. We win by putting this thing through the hoop. The whole point behind the play is so that we can get open and we can make baskets. Okay. Right? And then they go out and they forget everything I said. Come on, somebody. <laughs> kind of feel like I'm pastoring another church. Anyway. Um, You know, I think sometimes in our, in, our, in our spiritual walk that our faith journey can become rigid. That, that, that we forget the whole purpose of coming to church is not to come to church. That we forget the whole purpose of, of reading our Bible is, is not just to check off a list that I read my Bible. That the whole point of prayer is not to log some, some, some hours in a log somewhere that said, well, I, I had a conversation with God today. That the whole point of coming to, to small group is not, well, that the pastor told me I should because, I mean, one of our core values is relational, so I should probably be that even though I hate people. <laughs> and I think sometimes, just like those kids on that court, that our faith journey becomes so robotic that I come to church and I forget why I'm even there. That the whole point in, in, in coming to church and reading your Bible and, and, and praying and being around other believers is that my life would begin to look a lot more like Jesus. That I'll begin to walk in the freedom and the grace and the joy and the hope and the restoration and all of those things that he has for me. But I think that sometimes it just becomes like, like when you're coming to church and you're like, you're like, you're going to church? Yeah, I'm going to church. Sorry, that wasn't very Jesus-like, you know, you know. Oh, so where are you headed tonight? Small group, why? No reason, but you clearly need to go, right? Yeah, 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 I mean, like, 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 like nothing's being transformed because we've become so robotic. I got to get to church today. Oh, my small group's tonight. Well, I should probably pray. I'll squeeze it in on the way to work as I'm driving. I'm so robotic. But what Paul does here in Romans chapter 12, I think better than any scripture, any passage in the whole entire Bible, is he lays out what the life of a believer looks like. We've talked about the other things. We've talked about, hey, as a Christian, hey, man, yeah, you should be around the saints. Yeah, you should be in worship. Yeah, you should be in prayer. But here, Romans chapter 12, what it does, it kind of lays out, it fleshes it out like, hey, here's what daily life looks like. Like, is this, is, this, is this what you're heading towards or is this what your, your life looks like? For 11 chapters, Paul lays out to the believers in Rome the work of the cross. 
He lays out the gospel for 11 chapters and say, hey, here's what Christ did. Here's what it means to you. Here's the price he paid. Man, he's done all of this work for 11 chapters. Now chapter 12. Therefore, therefore, because of all of this, because of everything Christ has done, now you, therefore, ought to live this way. This is the way you, you ought to live. It's not about a routine. It's not about being robotic. It's not about, I gotta get to church and I gotta get to small group and I need to pray and I should have read the Bible today and man, I need to love others and so I'm loving others. No, it's about getting into this divine flow of grace because of the work of the cross of Jesus and getting in that divine flow and allowing that divine flow to not just flow in you, but to flow out of you. Are you with me? And so he gets to chapter 12 and he says, therefore, because of everything Christ has done for you, because of the work of the cross, here's what your life ought to look like. Empowered by the Holy Spirit. He says, hey, couple of things you need to understand. In the first part, he says this. He says, I'm going I'm to use the words that I, I learned growing up. He says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you can prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. He says, don't be conformed. Don't be conformed. See, he uses two very different words. When he's speaking of the world, he says, don't be conformed. When he's speaking of the gospel and the work of Christ, he says, be transformed. See, the word conformed, the, the word picture there is this. How many guys like baking holiday cookies? Raise your hand and just say yes. Awesome. Maybe you don't particularly like making them, but you've been around somebody that does. What, what do they have? They have these little molds. These little tree molds, these little whatever, right? And, you, and you, you get the dough out and you just, and it's a tree, right? It's a Santa. It's a reindeer, whatever, whatever that mold is. When he says, don't be conformed to this world, the word picture is this, it's a mold. He says, don't, don't be molded into the way the world is. Can I want you to think about that for a moment. He doesn't say, hey, don't be transformed by the world. The world can't transform you. All the world can do is conform you. How does that happen? He says, don't, don't, don't think like the world. Don't act like the world. Don't behave like the world. Okay, here's what happens, okay? When we are not being transformed by his grace, in every other environment, we are being conformed to culture. And so things come along, right? Because I've seen it all the time. How many of you guys have ever had uh, your kids go through the university? How many of you have ever been through the university? I've seen it time and time again since we've been pastoring, and, and that's why it was so essential for me for when, I, when I was helping my daughters pick uh, universities. Um, I wasn't just letting them pick. I was like, you can pick from these ones. But I want to go, no, you're not going there. Why? Because I've, I've, I've spent the last 18 years raising you. I'm not going to lose you to the world. I've seen it time and time again. They go away, and they get in this environment, and they get around this teaching. They get around these people, and they haven't found a church to plug into. And four years later, they come back, and what are they? They're conformed to the world. 
Pastor, that sounds so harsh. No, that's the way it is. That's the reality. If you are not in a divine flow, if you're not in the, in the grace of Christ, if you're not around believers, you're not going to church, you're not all those things, listen to me, you're going to be conformed by something. That mold is gonna come, and it doesn't happen overnight. It happens after time, it happens after time. Man, you see it all the time. You hang out with a certain group long enough, if you're not being transformed by God's grace, you're being conformed to whatever they think, whatever they do, however they act. And this is the warning to the church, to the believers. Hey, don't be conformed, because everything Christ has done, don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed. Here's what the world does. The world conforms, and it, and it starts from the outside in. You, you get around it, you stay around it. You didn't believe those things at first, but now you're around it and around it and around it, and guess what? It gets inside of you, and you begin to believe that. The world focuses on the outside in conformity, the gospel focuses on the inside out, transformation. And here's something you need to know. Uh, you cannot be conformed to the image of God. You must be transformed into the image of God. Transformed and it's from the inside out. And he says, hey, listen up. He goes on to these next verses and he, and he talks about having a proper, a proper image of who you are. I, I love one translation that says this. It says, be sober-minded. Be sober-minded, right? Okay? Like, like, you need to have a proper understanding of who you are as a child of the king. Don't think of yourself too highly. Honest and sober assessment. See yourself the way God sees you. See, this works on both sides. This isn't just like, this isn't just like, hey, don't think of yourself more highly than you should. Pride, arrogance, and things like that. Um, also, don't think of yourself lower than you should. And the reality is, 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 is both those paths come from the same source. Having a proper idea of who you are comes from one place, and that comes from knowing him, being in the gospel. Therefore, because of the work of the cross, 11 chapters, come on, believers, I need you to hear this. I need you to have a proper understanding of who you are and don't be conformed to, to the world. And then he goes into the next verses here and he begins to lay out, hey, this isn't just for you, but this is for, for the body of Christ. It's a many-membered body and there's no one more significant than the other. Um, I, you know, I don't know about you. If, I, I've been in church for a while. My dad was a pastor. Um, I, was, I was born into church, been going to church all my life, accepted Jesus at the age of six. And, uh, and because of that, I've been in different flows throughout my faith walk. And I've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly of, of church. Yes, that's right. There's the good, the bad, and the ugly. Mostly good, right? Um, and I've also had the opportunity to see many different uh, ways ministries run. Um, and I've been a, a part in my past of a particular ministry that it's, it created an us and them environment. What do I mean by that? Like anybody that is in leadership is them, and then there's us. 
And the us is always aspiring to be the, the them. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, because, because Pastor Ben is up there with a mic. Oh, man, like he, whoa. Just ask my wife. None of that is true. Here, he, he actually warns against that. Don't think of yourself more high than you ought. There's one body. He says, and every single person in the church matters. Every single person in the church has a place. And every single person in the church is just as valuable. Are you with me? From the one who gets to preach on a Sunday, listen, the only reason I'm doing it is because of the way he graced me. To the one who attends on a Sunday that maybe will never step into a leadership role, they are just as significant and just as powerful in the kingdom. He literally warns, hey, don't create an us and them mentality. Every gift is special, every gift is unique, and it's one body. Are you with me? And see, that's why, ladies and gentlemen, when I talk about, like, next week, like, could you just get here? I'm not, I'm not a pastor on stage trying to build an audience. I was that at one time. You can ask my wife. No, but what I've come to the understanding is, is we need you. We all need, the body needs every part of the body. And when we all come together, man, the river flows wider and the river flows deeper because of the gift you are to the body of Christ. And so when I talked about something next week, hey, everybody come. Don't, don't be like, oh, I ain't just trying. No, 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 understand, you are valuable. You are significant, as significant as the band is, as significant as the children's workers are. Whatever gift you have, whatever gift you are, bring it and watch and see what God does. Are you with me? So he talks about the body. He talks about the harmony of the body and the unity of the body and, and how important it really is. You can read this again in 1 Corinthians 12, what he wrote to the church at Corinth. And then it gets to verses 9 through 21. And I want to go back to the therefore. Because of the work of Christ, because of all that he's done, your life should look like this or be heading in this direction. And this isn't a list that I composed, sat around and thought, well, that sounds like a good one. That sounds like a good one. Man, the Bible has everything right there for us. And I want to go through it. And I'm not going to stop and camp on each one. I'm just going to read it. And I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to point out the ones to you. The beautiful church looks like this. First, it says this in verse 9. Love that is sincere. Like sincere love. Listen, the only way that love can actually be activated in us is because of the love of Christ. A sincere love. A love that doesn't love hoping to get something in return, but just a sincere love. A love for people. Love that's sincere. And then it says this, hate evil. Having a hatred for evil. You know, there's only a couple times in Scripture where, uh, you know, it encourages us to hate something. Here's what you're to hate. If you're going to hate something, hate evil. Hate evil. Hate, hate evil. At the beginning of, of Romans, in Romans chapter 1 and 2, um, Paul actually talks about the world. And it talks about the debaseness of the world. And that the world is going to get more debased and more debased and more debased. 
And there's this one verse that says this, when all of the evil things you can think of are happening, it says this, then they become inventors of wickedness. Like, like, like how can we make this more evil and more wicked? That's the world. Don't, don't, be, don't, be, don't be conformed to that. Don't be caught up in that. Man, people get caught up in it, and all of a sudden their mind begins to shift, and now things that are not acceptable in God's eyes all of a sudden become acceptable. And we could, we could come up with a big list and say, yep, 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 but I don't, we don't need the list. You know what the list is. People all of a sudden, they start to morph and think, well, that, that, that's okay. I guess, you know, yeah, they, they can love each other, and they can be married, and, and this can happen, and they can be with whoever. And they... What is that? That's conforming. Here's, here's the encouragement. As a Christ follower, as a beautiful church, we hate evil. Now listen to me. I want you to hear me. Because some of you are hearing this. We hate people. It's not what we're saying. And no, we love people. We hate the evil that is at work within them. Have hatred for it. Cling to what is good. Notice, notice the word choice there. Why do we need to cling to what is good? Because we're in a rapidly changing culture. We can't be conformed to that, so we got to cling to what is good. Hold tightly to it. Hold fast to it. Love all people. Hmm. Love all people. You know, something I discovered a long time ago. You don't have to agree with people in order to love them. See, people have, people have twisted what love means. Love doesn't mean we always agree with each other. Look, I, look, I love my wife a lot. There's only a couple people I would, I would die for. She's at the top of the list. I love my wife. But we don't agree on everything. And that's usually when she's wrong and I'm right, but we don't agree on everything. <laughs> love all people. How about this one, verse 10? Be the biggest encourager. Championing other people, seeing their life being transformed. Come on, that is awesome. Come on, that is great. Like, look what God's doing in you. Whatever their gift is. You, you, but some of us, some of us are, are, are like, like gift deaf. <laughs> Y'all you know, you know some of it's tone deaf, right? Like they think they have the most incredible voice in the world. And they're out there singing and it's like, whoa. Like, and then you go up to them like, do you really think you have a great voice? Yeah. They're tone deaf, right? Some people are, are gift deaf. They only, they, only, they only see their own gift. But we need to broaden that realize, no, no, the, the diversity of gifts is awesome. And we need to be the biggest encourager of what God is doing in people's lives. Celebrate it, champion it. What about this one? Verse 11, work hard. Work hard at everything. Everything in your hand. This is talking about you, Christian. This is talking about you, believer. Work hard. What is, what is, uh, what, you know, what, what do people say about you at work? Man, they should, they should be like, man, he's the hardest worker. She's the hardest worker. First in, last out. Man, does great work. What is it about you? I love Jesus. Work hard. Be the hardest worker. At everything your hand finds to do. This next one here, serve the Lord with great enthusiasm. I thought I'd get an amen on that one. 
serve the Lord with great enthusiasm. Like, like, like excited to do the work of the Lord. Excited, that's the thing. Uh, when, when I realize that the church isn't there for me to come and, and just you know, be around and, and check off a little bit, I realize that church is, I'm coming together with the body. And something good is gonna happen today. Man, maybe my gift will be used. Well, it can't get used unless you show up, right? And man, think about who's missing out if you don't show up with your gift. Some of you have the gift of encouragement, you don't even realize it, but every time somebody gets around you, they just, they, they just walk away and they're like, man, I love being around that person. You just sit next to somebody at church and they walk away feeling better. Enthusiastically. Serve the Lord enthusiastically. With enthusiasm. Uh, next one, rejoice in hope. Amen. How about this one? Be patient in trouble. That one. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith will produce patience. Patience will have its perfect work in you. You'll be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Rejoice and hope, be patient in trouble. How about this one? Verse 12, pray all the time. Pray all the time. Like all the time. Like don't stop, don't cease. Pray without ceasing, pray all the time. Not just when something bad happens and you need God to show up in your life, but I'm just gonna pray all the time. Pray all the time. Uh, be generous with everything. Verse 13, be the greatest servant. How about this one, verse 13, be hospitable. Some of you read that and you're like, be hostile? No, no, see, there's your problem. You need to be transformed in the mind. Be hospitable. Next one, verse 14, bless everyone, including the ones you don't want to. Bless everyone, including the ones you don't want to. I like this one, verse 15. I, 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 I phrase it this way. Be a fan of others. Be a fan of others. It says this, hey, hey, rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. What is that? That's a fan, right? Like the Padres won a game. It's like, yeah! And then they lost the game. You're like, huh? That's a fan. I'm rejoicing with those who rejoice. And when they're going through a sorrowful moment, I'm your fan, man. That hurts me too. And be a fan of others. Like, 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 find out what's going on in the body around you. How you doing? What's going on? Man, I'm going to be your biggest fan. Be a fan of others. Verse 16, walk in unity with the body. Same in verse 16, stay humble. Stay humble. I have this thing that I, um, I text my, my uh, other daughter who's away at university, um, and she's, she's playing basketball. And I just text her, work hard, stay humble, keep grinding. Man, work hard and stay humble. No matter where God elevates you to, no matter what platform he gives you or doesn't give you, stay humble. Verse 17. Be above reproach. Verse 18, live at peace with others. Verse 19, I love this one. Let God handle things. No need to try, try, try and take revenge. No need to try and get even. You know, 
Don't post that. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Yeah, the subtle little. No, you don't need to. Let God handle things. Worship team, come on up. Listen, if your life does not look like this or is not heading in this direction, then you've been following the wrong gospel. If your life does not look like what we just talked about or is not heading in that direction, listen, I'm not saying you're hitting all of them perfect. God knows I'm not. But one thing I know is I'm heading in the right direction. But here's my encouragement to you today. If your life doesn't look like this, it's not heading in that direction, you need to get into the right gospel. You need to go back and read Romans chapter one through 11 and find that because of the work of Christ, I can live this life that he's called me to live. You say, Pastor, how do I do it? It seems so hard. I'm sure there's certain ones as we went through it. Hopefully you were doing what I did when I was studying this week. You were just kind of like, oh man, C plus? Ooh, that one? I might be getting an F. You just kind of go through and just say, you know what? Christ, have your work in me. Have your way in me. You know, it's one of the greatest things that separates us from the world and not being conformed to the world. It's Christ in us, the hope of glory. Say, Pastor, I'll do it. I'll just give you these verses. I don't think they're on the screen. You can write them down. Romans 13, 14. It says, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no plans to satisfy the fleshly desires. Matthew 16, 24 to 25 says this, then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone wants to come with me, he must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life because of me will find it. Man, this list right here, that, 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 that I didn't list out, but that Paul lists out to the believers in Rome that we would read hundreds of the years later, this list right here, it could become another robotic thing. Oh, I need to do this, and I need to do that, and I need to do this, and I need to do that. No, here's what we need to understand. Because of chapters one through 11, because Christ has done all the work, because he has prepared the way, because he was the sacrifice, because he's the first, the last, he's the beginning and the end, because his grace is sufficient, there's only one thing I have to do, and that is daily I need to get on my knees and surrender my life to him. And if daily I get on my knees and I say, Christ, you in me. Jesus, I need you. Holy Spirit, fill me. I don't need a list of do's and don'ts. I don't need a list of rights and wrongs. I don't need another play to run in my life. What I need is I need the divine flow of the Holy Spirit. What I need is Christ in me, the hope of glory. What I need is I need him to be the author and finisher of my life. I need him to be the one that's writing and, and journaling every day that I would live out. And when I do that, guess what? It's easy to love other people. It's easy to be an encourager. It's easy to love sincerely. It's easy to work hard for my employer. It's easy to do these things because it's not me. I've lost my life in Christ. It's not me who lives. It's Christ in me. And see, that's what we understand as a believer. 
to anybody else here today, you might be reading it like, okay, another list. Okay, I'm going to try to do these things. You don't have to try to do them. Christ already fulfilled it. All we have to do is surrender our life to him fully and completely. And as we surrender our life to him fully and completely, guess what? Here's what comes out. Love, joy, peace, goodness, kindness, self-control, hard work, sincere love. Are you with me today? Don't hear another play that needs to be ran. Don't hear another list that needs to be lived out. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to look in the mirror of scripture and say, man, how am I doing here? Because if I'm not doing here, it's because I'm not living the gospel. It's because I haven't surrendered my life fully to him. God, we thank you so much for your word today. God, we thank you that your word is awesome. Go and stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Uh, here's how we're gonna end today. It's, we're gonna end it the same way we've ended the last couple of weeks. And, um, and just surrender and worship. If you need prayer, we'll have some prayer people up here. But as, after I pray, worship team, you're just gonna worship. And I'm gonna invite you to come on up and worship. And as you do, just surrender to him once again. And say, Christ, have your work in me. Before you come up, if you have kids, go get your kids out of class, bring them in here, and they can join us in worship for a little while. Let's just believe, man, man, man be here next week. Bring your gift next week and watch and see what God's gonna do. But we're going to go into a moment of worship. If you got to leave, God bless you. Um, but if you have kids, go grab them, bring them back in here as soon as I'm done praying. And, um, and just come on forward and let's just surrender at the feet of Jesus and worship. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing at Canvas Church. God, we thank you for what you're doing in the hearts of men and women. We thank you, God, that you're being glorified in and through our lives. And Lord, today I pray that we'd fully surrender to you. And as we fully surrender to you, the work of the cross would not only be significant, but it'd be obvious in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Come on forward if you want to worship a little bit. We're just going to come on, get in this moment. If you got to go, God bless you. Go get your kids, bring them in.